permission to come aboard. Welcome to the Suicide Squadcast. This is the DC Universe podcast where we discuss the DC Extended Universe movies and TV shows. Yeah, we're all big fans of what DC Comics is doing on the big and the small screens, and we want to make sure we talk all about it. So thanks for joining us tonight. Let's get started. My name is Scott. And I am Tim, and we are the Suicide Squadcast. And I am Stuart Little. <laughs> but Scott, <laughs> we have we have Stu Little here. Yeah, I know! <laughs> yes. Yay! We got Stu from Scotland out of the United Kingdom. Welcome to this welcome to the show. This has been a long time coming. You've been you've been with us for a long time long time a long time yes i've 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 always been yep <laughs> so i there's i have a burning question i have a burning question okay yes uh your name is Stulel. so is that have anything my name is well. that's awful that's awful you you have no right to make fun of any accent i attempt at this point that's all i'm gonna say stop what i said Stu little what did i say wrong oh god you went still owl <laughs> yeah i mean my <laughs> <laughs> okay, enough of you two. All right, my question, Stu Little, does that have anything to do with the mouse? I mean, and the fact, all on the fact that it's the same name. It's just no, the same. I mean, okay, my but mother, that's it. my mother didn't, my mother didn't think, didn't like name me after the thing deliberately. <laughs> okay, I just, I wanted to know <laughs> if you were named after the mouse or not. But it has, it has been a curse on on uh, my adolescence and early adult life. Uh, oh no. Ever. Every time I introduce every time I introduce myself to someone, they would have to pause and say, "Oh, you like the mouse or like the movie?" And I mean, finally, it's not happened so much like the last uh, five years or so. But you know, but I mean, it has to be kind of a blessing in disguise. Though. Like if you meet somebody and you want them to remember your name, I mean, they're probably going to remember it. Yeah, uh, I guess so. <laughs> Oh. You had to bring up the touchy subject, didn't you, Tim? No, you well, I, no, I I deal with the same thing. My last name is Yoko, right? So I've had to deal with the Yoko Ono thing, you know, for the longest time. Well, because you broke up the Beatles, and we hate you for it. And that's exactly what I get criticized for that all the time, and I had nothing to do with it. So <laughs> anyway, anyway, Stu, welcome. Uh, sorry for all the nonsense, but you know, this is just what we do. <laughs> yes, yes, I've been putting up with it for three years. Yes, you and, know, and you loved every you know. minute of it. Yeah, well, we'll. See. <laughs> oh man. Well, let's go ahead and remind everyone that we are members of the Suicide Squadcast Network. That does include DC Comics Squadcast with Chris and Jordan, and Fans Without Borders and DC TV Squadcast with Brent and Ray. And it is Batman Day, and so I I, I, I do have to do a little bit of shameless self promotion here. But if you uh, if you you know can find it in your heart to support us, and or if you're already supporting us, like Stu has for over a year now. You can go to patreon.com slash squadcastmedia. And I got a guest. I got Tim, Earth One Tim, over from Thought Bubble Audio. And we recorded a massive retrospective of Batman the Animated Series. And I'm kind of proud because, Tim, it's been three years. Yes. And I'm finally learning how to produce an episode. Yes. And I have to say, for a two and a half hour episode, <laughs> it's if I could toot my own horn, it didn't sound half bad. No, it was good. It was very good. I'm very 
very pleased with it. Yeah. So for Batman Day, if you're already on Patreon or if you're thinking about joining Patreon, there is a wonder. We literally at least touch on every single episode of Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> I have one question before I listen to it. Uh, do you give the episode Baby Doll the the amount of time it is due as a, as a classic? I okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> yes. Spoiler alert. I enjoy the first Baby Doll episode, and yeah. I say so on the episode. So you can you can rest assured I give some due respect. I, I don't do so much so for Love as a Croc, but for Baby Doll, I yeah. give it some love. So you're you're more. You, I have more respect for you than I have for uh, another podcast. Let's just call them the Schmolish Schmatcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we won't we won't say who that is. <laughs> no <laughs> idea. <laughs> who who could that possibly be? Uh, well, I, I I do have to ask you this though, Scott. What, what is you know Earth Two? What do we call him? Earth Two Tim. Earth One. Tim. Earth One Tim. Okay. Earth One Tim from Thought Bubble Audio, Beer with Geeks, who joined you on that episode, by the way. I want to know what is his obsession with Batman in the bedroom. I don't re- quite remember that episode ever showing up. I don't either. It was very strange. It was very concerning. <laughs> um, we had to have a talk. It happens on air, I have to admit. So um, it was an uncomfortable conversation, but one that needed to happen. Yes. So if you want to find out more about that. About Batman in the bedroom. <laughs> about Batman in the bedroom, I tune in, uh, go to Patreon, sign up, $5 a month gets you access to all the special episodes, and you can look for the episode Beer with Batman. Yes. I think the beer maybe has something to do with it. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not judging. Is, is that a sequel to Bat- There's Batman in My Basement? Well, but see, that's the thing. The, the actual episode that he, that he was supposed to be talking about was Batman in the Basement. I've, I've got Batman in my basement, yes. Yeah, but for okay. some reason, for some reason, Tim from Earth One decided that, like, the first movie to pop, at least the title to pop in his head was Batman in My Bedroom. So it, it quickly <laughs> changed the tone of the conversation for about two minutes. So oh, it's classic radio. It's very good. It's very good. So once again, patreon.com slash quadcast media. Listen to all the <laughs> juicy details there. And guys, we just published in a Patreon exclusive episode on Patreon, a Suicide Squadcast episode 174 and a half. Or no, actually, no, it was 173 and a half. And that was our review with of The Nice Guys, which is a great film. Oh, so we published that. Film. And then we also just, you know, and since we published another episode, you know, the, our emergency episode dealing with the Henry Cavill uh, brouhaha earlier this week, we decided not to publish our Patreon exclusive review of Road to Perdition. I'm going to actually publish that next week. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. It was too much content, especially with you doing the two hour and 20 minute episode, whatever it was for um, the Batman, the animated series. I'm like, well, I don't want to oversaturate <laughs> the patrons. So, But the point is, we just keep on giving. We just keep That's on giving. That's what we do. <laughs> okay, so Tim, let's get on to this news because Batman Day has been crazy for me and I need to get all caught up in what all the news has been. Okay. Because if it's not about Henry Cavill, I'm not sure if I know what the news was. Yeah, I mean, so there's, you know, Wonder Woman right now is is filming currently in Almeria, Spain, and we there's some video out there of uh, Gal Gadot arriving at the airport, and there's a ton of fans, you know, was there greeting her, and she was signing some autographs. So we, we actually at least know that there's some filming going on there right now. But uh, we did get some kind of news about an alum from Wonder Woman, and this is uh, Sed Tagmui, who uh, played Samir in the first Wonder Woman film here. Apparently he is close to or was cast as the main Bond villain in the next Bond film. Ooh, for Bond 25. Okay. For Bond 25, yeah. But there's a catch. Okay, so here's the deal. Because Danny Boyle has left the project over creative differences. Right, and it was Danny Boyle that had cast him in the role. <laughs> so, uh, poor 
it. So what what he had said here as he was being interviewed, uh, he said that, uh, you know, he's supposed to be the next James Bond, next uh, bad guy in James Bond, but he was cast by Danny Boyle. So there's some uncertainty right now about the whole situation. He doesn't know who the director will be, but the producers don't know if they're going to go with a Russian or Middle East bad guy right now. <laughs> so he's kind of like stuck waiting to find out what happens. He says, I literally just received a message saying, if they go Middle East, it's you. If they go Russian, it's someone else. So and he says, he kind of lamented, he said, it's the story of my life, always on that line between something that could change my life and something that disappears. <laughs> I feel bad. I feel terrible for him. So, Stu, what is your um, what is your fan re- fandom relationship with the Bond franchise? Oh, I love them. I grew up on them. And, of course, John Connery is the best. Uh, <laughs> do not even argue at me. Do not at me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't at anyone. I, I, everyone, you know, drink. It's all subjective. <laughs> I mean, Bond does can- canonically um, half Scottish. <laughs> <So> <laughs> that is very true. That is true. So, would you be um, so with this news, is this something that you're like, would you, would you be really down for uh, Saeed being uh, the next Bond villain in Bond 25? Yeah, he's a great actor and uh, yeah, I'd like to see it. I mean, I don't also we don't really know too much about what the, what the actual details of the villain are um, but yeah, it's, yeah he's, he's a good actor like, I'm always good to, I was always happy to see good good actors uh, play villains in Bond movies or, or any role really in Bond movies. I hope it works out for him I really do. I, I hate the fact that with Danny Boyle being removed that this has caused a lot of uncertainty because Bond 25 currently is scheduled to come out one week after the current release date for Wonder Woman 1984. So yeah. that would be very interesting, especially if he has any kind of cameo or anything in 1984. Because haven't we talked about that before, Tim? Like, there's the possibility that there's some uh, that there's some odd odd guys uh, cameos, like in flashbacks or something. Yeah, yeah. And and if you remember, there was that Instagram picture that he had shared of him uh, with a beard being uh, put on. In a, so he was in like a makeup chair and there's a beard put and put on without context. So there's okay. speculation that maybe that had something to do with Wonder Woman. So we we just don't know. But I, I think, you know, with as well received as that whole crew was from Wonder Woman, you know, they're such likable characters and you just wanted to see more of them. And I kind of feel like somehow there has to be a flashback of some sort. Uh, or like with Sa- uh, with um, with uh, with Sammy particularly, I have, I have a theory about what something they could do that'd be quite um, sweet. Because uh, uh, like uh, you could show like Diana looking over mementos the shares of them and maybe with with Sammy in particular she's she's actually got um, a film he actually stars in and it actually kind of completes his arc by saying that he did at some point be- and managed to become an actor and like maybe, maybe she's watching like a silent black and white movie and he's in it and like that's that can be like a nice little way to close off that storyline for him okay I like that actually yeah I do like that so I don't know we'll see well, I um, I hope it works out for him because I think you know I think it would be pretty interesting to see him in that role now uh, there was always that question about him because he's he's always been pretty adamant about um, trying to kind of like go counter to the Middle Eastern stereotypes, you know, because, um, you know, he's, I think he grew up in, I think he grew up in Paris. I'm trying to remember exactly. I mean, he's Moroccan. Uh, but so like one thing he's always been kind of concerned about and he's he's turned down roles for was, you know, trying to avoid some of the stereotypes uh, in terms of how like Middle Eastern characters are kind of treated in films and all that. So um, at any rate, I mean, he must have been confident enough, at least in this role, that it wasn't going to be catering to any of those stereotypes. So I don't know. 
we'll see. Well, best of luck for him. I hope it works out. Yeah. Uh, I also just, I think I just saw this story today and it's very, and it's from discussingfilm.com about Suicide Squad 2. Yeah. They had an interview with a Todd Stashwick and it, it's really just a one sentence blurb in the interview, but his update on Suicide Squad 2 was, we have finished our draft and I'm really proud of it. Because if you remember, Gavin O'Connor, who's directing it, was writing the script and then they brought on Todd Stashwick to... I don't know, collaborate on the script, maybe do another pass or something. So Stanish was just saying they've turned in a draft. Yeah. So I guess we're kind of waiting to see what the studio thinks about this draft of Suicide Squad 2. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm still I'm still pumped to see Gavin O'Connor take this on. Uh, and there were some other kind of rumors floating around, and I don't know the exact context of them, but something basically saying they're going to dive deeper into the characters and you were going to get to know these characters a lot more, which I think, you know, I think is always going to be good because you, because you had so many characters you had to introduce in the first one. You, uh, you you know, they were sharing so much screen time that you just didn't get to dive deep. And I look forward to a second film of this and being able to like see a lot more of these backstories kind of like explored. I, I think that would just add a lot of strength to the film. Um, so that's kind of good news here. Uh, did, how, what were you were you at with uh, Suicide Squad, Stu? Did you enjoy the first film? Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was uh, like like with like it was kind of it was kind of the movie I expected to be. I expected like a kind of B movie action thriller uh, with like dark comedy, and that's what I got. I mean, like I, I don't really I don't really see that whole um, argument that uh, Ray sometimes has where he talks about the original um, sizzle reel and thinking that that would have been necessarily representative of the tone of the movie. I think the tone we got was like pretty much what the tone he was going to go for. It's just we got we probably got a little bit more in terms of quantity in terms of jokes but I think that I think just maybe it just softened the edges a little bit and I think but I think that mostly like like plot wise of course that was there's a different story they changed some stuff but I think tone tonally it was we kind of got the movie we were going to get we were always going to get and uh, yeah I did did like that I like like the fact that yeah it's like they're they're not they're not they're not good people but they're not like evil people and like that's interesting yeah that that was the interesting aspect of it yeah yeah I completely agree with that Uh, yeah yeah exactly I think it was more just like some edit. I think it just came down to like a lot of editing choices that were made that were maybe not what have been done originally that I felt like got affected. But I agree with everything else that you said. So well, and I also agreed with what David Ayer said, kind of retrospectively, where he kind of regretted not making Joker more of the um, the main you know antagonist in the film. Uh, he kind of reflected on that and said, you know, he kind of made a mistake there. So uh, which I agree. I think that was you know that was the weakest part of the film was you know Enchantress was an interesting character but just wasn't a very compelling antagonist and uh and and at the whole time you had Jared Leto's Joker just kind of sitting there just you know saying hey you know give me more some more screen time <laughs> and so that was the kind of the unfortunate part about how all that went down yeah um I thought this was really I have to admit whenever my I've got Matt Reeves set on my phone for like Twitter notifications like yeah when he tweets I get a notification for it so when this started going down um last really this was last weekend it was like Sunday and it was just like my phone was just blowing up with Twitter notifications about Matt Reeves I was like oh my god what's happening and then I saw what it was and I was like okay simmer down <laughs> simmer down right. just at some Batman 66 exhibit which is cool yeah but I'm sorry when you when I hear Matt new tweets from Matt Reeves I'm just like <laughs> 
red alert, red yeah. alert. Yeah, one of them, the first one I saw was the one where it was just a sign. It said Gotham City 14 miles away, which, you know, was the classic sign from Batman 66. And uh, so, yeah, that's what it turned out. Like, he was just at an exhibit over in Hollywood. <laughs> but at least he's tweeting about Batman. So, you know, and in fact, he sent out a tweet today on Batman Day as well. He did. I like that. It was the it was that funny gif of all the, the Bat family, like, yeah. bust, busting a move. And yeah. I, I was like, well, good. You you know what you're doing, sir. I, f- I feel like he's starting to maybe just get a slightly bit vocal, especially if the hubbub I'm hearing is true that his draft's been turned in. Yeah. I feel like maybe we're going to start hearing more from him, depending on what notes he gets back on the script. Yeah. Um, so who who um, who are you wanting to see as Batman, Stu? Are you, are you want Ben Affleck? I mean, Ben Affleck is, is like the ideal, uh, but I'm, yeah, <laughs> we'll talk, yeah, we are talking before the show came on, uh, before we started calling about how there's a lot of speculation about maybe a younger Batman being in this movie. And uh, on Wednesday, uh, I posted a tweet about this subject <laughs> that kind of got overlooked, but because of like everything else that happened on Wednesday, about uh, I suggested that um, if you're going to if you're going to have a younger actor play Batman, why not get someone who's, who actually has experience? And I posted a picture of uh, Sam Hewen wearing the the uh, Batman costume from when he was he played a role in the uh, Batman Live Stage show. Um, did you guys get that over there? Because I think I think no, it did. I, I, no, we didn't. No. We you know I know you have. Trust me, Stu. I understand you have a lot to legitimately gripe about about you know interne- the international market versus the U.S. domestic market. But you can at yeah. least you can at least have a little bit of haughtiness that that was something only you got. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I think it was like like the, the second screaming, the, the second like performance of it ever that I saw. So <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot of rough around edges of places, but it was still very it was, it was a very enjoyable show actually. Yeah. So what was I mean? So what tell us a little bit about the stage play. Like what what was the gist of it? Um, if you can imagine um, a Batman version of Spider-Man turn off the dark, but no one gets hurt. (laughs) And not a musical either. But like, so basically it's uh, a big family oriented um, stage production uh, on Batman. But specifically, it's the story of how Batman gets Robin uh, meets Robin, meets Dick Grayson the first time, and turns him in, and he becomes Robin. Uh, and uh, it's it, it was it was really it was really like it was a real technical feat because um, so so what it was was like, uh, like it wasn't a musical. It was like a stage production, and like, there was a lot of um, by 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 by, by, use, by using the Robin origin, they were able to like make a circus theme yet. So you actually see a, like a mini circus show during the the, uh, the flying Grayson's part. So you see they actually got like um, circus performance to do stuff, and you had like um, Bosses and riding around the stage and that, and you saw like actual trapeze artists and, and things like that, and uh, the Joker. And this version of the, it's the Joker that hijacks it, and uh, and he, he he's the one who kills the, the flying Graysons, and he also like um, he actually stops in the middle of it to do a, a, ma- a magic a magic show as well. Um, and there was also other stuff like uh, there was um, the the iceberg lounge, and there was uh, someone that they actually got they actually cast someone to play Killer Frost, the Crystal Frost version of Killer Frost, and she was um, uh, doing I don't know what. The, of it as it's like the that kind of dance that kind of aerial dancing where you use you're holding you're holding out the two bits of cloth there was that and like um they actually also like made they actually like custom made an actual working work batmobile for the show as well uh and like there was just there was just a whole lot of there's a lot of good spectacle and it kind of like actually culminates in like a, a battle at 
Arkham Asylum and, and like a lot of villains have like a cameo and there was like a really, there was a really creepy version of the, the Scarecrow where it was um a, a guy on stilts uh, and he used to like and, and he was like yeah and like so yeah it was it was a really good fun fun time and I think I've I've still got the, I've still got the uh, program for that I think uh, somewhere sounds elaborate I know I was about to say it sounds when you were talking about the working Batmobiles like this is like the helicopter from uh Miss Saigon it's like <laughs> oh my goodness oh wow and uh yeah and like, there, was, there was yeah there was there was a, there's a few like creative uh, changes I mean like I told like I said before they they make the Joker kill the killer of the of Robin's parents in it um also they, they do the death of the Waynes a little bit differently be, uh, because I guess they, they, because of the family show didn't want to actually show the Waynes getting shot um so they they make it instead that the, the bugger um takes Thomas's wallet so he can say that oh I know where you live uh so uh, so I, uh, you, you you better not like come after me or anything like that and then Thomas of course does go after him and then Martha runs after him and then you just hear the, you hear the gunshot so you never actually see them get killed but it's like yeah it was little stuff like that but it's it's, it's still overall it was like really it was really atmospheric and really really great show I mean kind of disappointed that you never got it it was it wasn't it wasn't a big uh, bigger bigger deal but anyway it's uh, Sam Hewen uh, who people might know from Outlander as uh, the male lead from that and uh, also recently from uh, the Spy Who Dumped Me <laughs> he oh, was, wow. uh, he 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 played Batman in that and uh, he's he's got a yeah, I think he's. I think he's got this. Yeah, I think he actually legitimately has like sort of a sort of brooding intensity to play like a young, a young Bruce Wayne. Well, we we know who you want. <laughs> <laughs> I still want Affleck, so I'll be honest. Yeah, I mean, I I, I, I would love Affleck, but I, I'd be fine with them casting somebody you know to play kind of a younger version. Uh, I'd be totally fine with that as well. So, uh, well, well, I guess we're just gonna have to wait back and see. But can you imagine? You know what the news is gonna be like someday when they either either confirm that you know Ben's gonna be coming back, which you know we've kind of said we don't think it's happening, but when they finally announce like who it's going to be <laughs> no i don't i don't really i don't want that day no because the internet is going to melt down <laughs> it's, oh, it, it will it, the world will end as far as twitter is concerned the world will end but no it will not end people <laughs> yeah. uh, okay so apparently there's a rumor going around that guy gardner may may not its internet be in the jeff john's green lantern core script simply because the image that is posted uh uh, on the Mad Ghost Productions website next to the listing about Green Lantern Corps has Guy Gardner in it. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you can take that as like definitive evidence of anything, but okay. Well, I, I don't I don't think you... I, uh, me personally, the fact that that's there, I don't think you take it lightly. No, no, no. I don't say you dismiss it, no. but I also yeah. don't say you take it as, you know, the gospel truth that it that's what's happening. I just... I, I always get kind of curious about this because, you know, like we all love, you know, Hal Jordan and John Stewart and, you know, there's a huge contingency of Guy Gardner fans out there. I, I was actually never one of them. Oh boy! Oh no, Mar, Mar, out, Mar. It's fine. I'm okay with Guy. Don't listen to Tim. I don't have a problem with him, but like I was never like I didn't like collect his book at the time. You know what I mean? So it's like I wasn't like a big Guy Gardner fan. I enjoyed him in like Justice League International uh, at the time. I, I liked his presence there. But the the thing is like you always see Kyle Rayner left out, and I always kind of like wonder yeah. like what's going to happen. Like I mean, I wonder how that fan base feels because like Kyle Rayner's ask Brent. Yeah, that is. Brent is our representative of the Kyle Rayner that is true. fan fan base. So yeah. go ask Brent and he'll tell you 
all about what all the Kyle fans think. Oh, I know. But doesn't Brent love the current Green Lantern, uh, how Jordan the Green Lantern core series, which does kind of <laughs> relegate Kyle currently as well? Well, I, he just he just loves Green Lanterns. I mean, right. he just loves the Green Lantern franchise, You, I would say. Yeah. But he will say that Kyle is his favorite Green Lantern, but I think he's just happy. He's just happy with getting Green Lantern stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. And does that, does that rumor that Kyle might be dying soon uh, this, this month? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm so behind. No spoilers. Come on. Yeah. I, you know, I'm like, I'm like half a year behind. The, the, the teasing, the teasing that someone might die uh, is part. Is part, part I think partly because is part because of the Heroes in Crisis storyline. It might be Kale, but I'm not sure. Oh, okay. I got oh, you. Stu, people people die all the time in comics, Stu. <laughs> so I mean, I don't think there's a hero that hasn't died. <laughs> but, how, but you know, I think they'll make it stick for a while. And yeah, the yeah. fact they've been kind of on. Underusing him lately uh, is a lot worrying because it's the same because as well because like he he they could have really done something more with him after the Omega Men series yeah really showed a different side to him um, have you read that uh, Scott yes I did read that uh, it was a very good series I was because that was a, that was another Tom King series and that was I really enjoyed it disappointingly not really referenced at all in Rebirth since he's came back um, he just came back and he was like fine and like he doesn't, he doesn't even have the, uh, that scar anymore um, for some reason so I'm, I'm kind of questioning if it's even in continuity <laughs> yeah uh, who knows I I don't really care about that stuff anymore as long as i get good stories <laughs> i'm i've gotten past the whole continuity thing well anyway so i don't know i i think um i think in terms of like interesting characters between you know john stewart and hal jordan and guy gardner i think you have a pretty good dynamic so i can see those three being a focus so so i'd be all for it okay so i'm kind of curious i i saw these comments from ray fisher he was over at uh, heroes and villains new jersey and apparently a question came up about uh the cyborg movie and I'm just kind of curious what did you guys think about this the idea that he he's actually kind of playing down the idea that that movie's actually going to happen just because of the the CGI budget because he's the only one who like I mean basically his entire character is a special it's a visual effect um I mean so what what do you think you, you think that this is basically maybe a signal of some of these more lower budget films that we've kind of seen actually going into production and that this might be a, a sign of the times for the for a while to come why well, I, I me personally I kind of feel like he's kind of responding he's responding to kind of the reality of what happened uh with him on Justice League I mean it, clearly you know he got he kind of got the short end of the stick here he didn't kind of get the short end of the stick he got the short end of the stick yeah but I mean with how much his character kind of got truncated in Justice League so like I I think he kind of feels like you know he's not going to assume anything in terms of whether or not there's going to be a, a cyborg film and I think the fact is like and it, we almost even see this on films that are you know should be starting production right now anyway like there's actors that are just kind of clueless like they don't know exactly what's going on we talk about Kirstie Clemens uh from you know Flash playing Iris like she doesn't she seems like she doesn't know exactly what's going on and I would say you know Ray Fisher probably doesn't really know what his future is so I think he's just I, I think he's just trying to be realistic and and not set the hopes up too high about whether or not this will actually happen well okay because I think Ray Fisher has always been someone who's actually he's fairly played it straight for 
for most of his his tenure here is like he he really does try to respect and be honest with the fans as much as he can. Right. Yeah. 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 I'd say that's true. Um, at the same time, I kind of feel like uh, there's ways around the budget he's talking about. I mean, there's like very simple things. You do, like for, it could be simple as like write in a bunch of scenes where he like wears a hoodie <laughs> or yeah. like like he did Justice League and you want to do it so much or maybe, or maybe maybe base the story around more like um, the recent storyline in the comics where he he was at his like technology was actually changing to the point that he could actually regrow his flesh and maybe make maybe make the story about how he he can do that and like but maybe by the end of the storyline he has to like sort of sacrifice that to do the right thing um and, and, but, and, but while it's well he's well he has it it means you can you can just be Ray Fisher and not CGI cyborg for, for large parts of the movie yeah I mean I think the problem with cyborg has always been like he's just not like a dominant character like and we talked about this before we can't even like figure out like who would be his villain like who would be his the main protagonist in a cyborg film he just doesn't have this like rogues gallery of villains that you know we typically see and so I, I so you're not only going to have that challenge but then you kind of got um you've kind of got the stigma with uh, justice league and I, I kind of feel like he's got all these things against him which is a damn shame because like i really enjoyed him uh i enjoyed his portrayal i enjoyed the idea of um having cyborg kind of brought to the forefront yeah i mean i think he was the best performance in the movie um he's he's the thing that works the most and he yeah i think he was like the uh, he really was the heart of the movie even whether they what they stuck what they took out of it i really did quite i really did really i think he was like my favorite element for the film as it is right now well and i think he had the best line from justice league when he when he basically you know told batman to quit being an asshole so <laughs> i thought that was yeah i thought that was the best line so yeah what's so okay this is something i did not follow very much because after we had our emergency episode on the uh on the henry cavill i, I loved your word the brouhaha of henry cavill on uh i believe it was it was wednesday wasn't wednesday, it yeah um you were the one who tweeted a very interesting response to the tmz article that came out on thursday and i was wondering if you would follow up on that tim oh it, it was just basically nothing i mean it's tmz you know kind of jumped on the whole uh thing about like the henry cavill news from the day before and basically their headline was you know exclusive um this is all just kind of like a made-up thing and i don't remember exactly what the headline was but it was just basically it was all made up uh this whole henry cavill drama and if you read the article there's really nothing there all they do is kind of touch on the real high level stuff that everyone knows which is you know they they kind of regurgitated the thing that this all came down to the fact that henry cavill had turned down a cameo in shazam over money and then they they touched on the whole idea that he signed up to be in uh, Netflix's The Witcher. And then basically they said, you know, th- well, there is no conflict right now because at this point there's no movie project, which I think is just bold because, I mean, you know, this is this is something that they're going to want to lock him down anyway. And he's at a point where they either decide to uh, move on away from Henry Cavill or they're going to sign him for some additional films. And so there is a real there is there is a real negotiation going on at this point. And then the whole thing with the Shazam cameo, like we know some things about that as well. That's not necessarily public. And there is more to the story. The, so it was just seemed to me like TMZ was just trying to jump on and and get some of the clicks. So that's all it was, and that was my response okay. basically. Like make this click, make this click bait drama just end. <laughs> oh, why why are you tilting at windmills? Because you know that's never gonna happen. Oh, I know, I know. Well, so so Stu, so Stu, uh, kind of briefly, like what you know, what was your thought about this whole Henry Cavill thing when all the news was kind of going down? At this point, uh, we have seen too many like you say clickbait headlines in the last two years maybe more to really register that much with me I just I just I just kind of bummed out on it and I just kind of shut off and I didn't like I didn't really act to anything I was kind of more mad at everybody who was getting mad about it 
it, really, because uh, uh, they just took it for granted that it was real again, uh, and there was like there was like lots just instantly. Oh, oh uh, Henry Cavill loved playing this movie, and he was a great Superman. And I even tweeted that like, you're making it sound like he died with all this past tense uh, nonsense. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh well, and and what's kind of funny is like since that happened on Wednesday, like we basically heard nothing. I mean, we you know we heard the um, we heard the tweet or saw the tweet from Danny Garcia, Henry Cavill's agent, uh, which is basically saying, you know, just, you know, stay calm. Uh, the cape is still in his closet. And then we saw the, the um, we saw the non-definitive response from Warner Brothers as well. So, and so I still think it goes along with everything that we understand that, you know, this is just all part of like, there's some negotiations going on about what his future is going to be. And obviously that involves like agreements on, you know, if he's going to continue to play Superman, like, you know, how many different films and then how much. That's basically what it comes down to. And, and Warner Brothers, since they waited so long, they kind of put themselves in a tough position on this because, you know, once Fallout came out, such a highly well-received film and Henry Cavill's role was received very well. I mean, he's kind of like, you know, his his market uh, value has gone up and Warner Brothers is going to have to find a way to deal with it. Yeah. Uh, so, Scott and Stu, we got w- what I would call like a major grain of salt rumor here. And this is just, you know, we've kind of heard this name floated about before. But uh, so there's been some recent rumors that uh, Reed Moreno, who is somebody that just recently had a film that's coming out, uh, I Think We're Alone Now, and that involves like Elle Fanning and uh, Peter Dinklage. So it's like a post-apocalyptic type film. Well, she just recently directed that. She's also been doing some Handmaid's Tale uh, episodes. Well, her name has been kind of floating around as a potential director that Warner Brothers would be interested in uh, in terms of like maybe directing Supergirl. So it it just kind of falls along the lines of uh, Warner Brothers seems to be, their first inclination is to try to find a female director that that can direct some of the, their female lead characters. So uh, her name just kind of popped up. And so we just want to just bring it up that, you know, if you hear that name, this is just somebody that's been rumored uh, for Supergirl. But again, we, you know, we have no idea how far along this would even be in terms of development, you know, since we had just recently heard about it. Yeah. So yeah. rumor. Rumor. Yep. But this was one that I thought was kind of fun. Andrew Dice from Screen Rant had uh, gotten an interview with Damon Caro, who is the stunt coordinator, you know, that Zack Snyder's used often. And he was the one that was working pretty heavily on Batman v Superman. In fact, uh, one thing that's interesting about him, for one, he was the one that kind of choreographed the whole Martha rescue. Yeah, you know, which is just phenomenal. And I don't know, have you seen the video, the side-by-side video of the Martha rescue with the kind of like practice, um, which they basically call it like stun action previs? Have you seen that? Yeah. I have not. I haven't seen the video. I, I know I, I've seen videos like it. I think I saw the video when they did like the, the Wonder Woman. Yes. Okay. Previs. So I've seen those kind of videos, yeah. but I never, I didn't, ha- I was so busy. This was a busy week. I haven't watched this particular one. I think that may actually be little clips of it and the behind the scenes for BVS as well. Okay, um, it could it, be, yeah. It, it definitely seemed familiar when I saw it, but not the full thing. This was one that was released, and I don't know who released it, but it kind of came along, it, it came along with this interview with Damon Carroll uh, that Andrew Dice had on Screen Rant. And um, that video is amazing to just watch because it, it goes to show you just how much time they spent into working out all the pre-visualization of the Martha rescue. Because if you look and see what they did, like all the movements and the camera angles and, you know, where they cut from scene to scene and how fluid all the action was. It's amazing just how much work went into just making that thing look the way it did. And if you watch this this action previs video, it is amazing how almost exact it is with what 
what they actually filmed. I, I would just search it out. It's an, it's an amazing side-by-side video that they have. So that, anyway, that kind of came with this interview that they had with Damon Carroll. And so they, they brought up some of the stuff that, um, that they had from Batman v Superman. And he was the stunt coordinator for the Martha rescue. So he really kind of touched on Batman's state of mind at the time. And he said, you know, basically at the chase scene, and I think this is kind of where they're talking about at the docks, uh, is that Batman was dealing with, you know, really dangerous dudes. And then they were trying to kill him. And he was driven more by hatred at that moment. But he says, by the time they got to the Martha rescue, he was no longer fueled by that resentment. And he says that was really clearly all by design. And it was once he had that realization that Cal was an alien, but they share the same humanity. You know, that's the whole Martha moment. He says that's when Batman had kind of realized that, you know, the humans and the Kryptonians are basically, they have that same shared humanity. But then he talked about when he actually did the Martha rescue, he says, you know, they had to go through this like crew of mercenaries and navigate it as efficiently as possible while ensuring that they were going to be incapacitated at the very least because he had a limited time frame. It was a very small window uh, that he had to do this. Otherwise, uh, Martha Kent was going to be dead. Well, yeah, yeah. If you watch that fight, like Batman's just very to the point uh, and everything he's doing, he's not effing around. Uh, yeah. And he's like, he's like using all the all the tricks, all the gadgets he can just to get it, get it done as quickly as possible. Um, and uh, yeah, telling the fact that like yeah, he's opening gambit just to throw a bunch of explosives on everyone. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, yeah, just like that. Do it, do it, do it. And uh, although he does actually, I do, I do, oh, I do always kind of feel that like the the part at the end where he stabs the guy through the, the shoulder. That really wasn't necessary. Well, that was just him being uh, peed off. Yeah. <laughs> the fact he got stabbed the shoulder himself. Yeah. And he was just getting back payback. Yeah. If you watch that stunt coordination visualization, you know, film, it, it's amazing. Like I didn't realize they actually had some of these people thrown across the room like when you see you know how that actually played out in the film like I thought some of that was just like you know clever um, visual effects but no they actually had some of these people being flung across the room into like into the wall and and uh, when he uh, picked up that one crate and launched it at the guy like that was all actually filmed they had you know these things on ropes and all that but it, it's kind of amazing so but it, it just gives you an appreciation for just how much went into making a scene you know as special as it was yeah and, well, and then um, you know then Carol went on and he kind of talked about how he's perplexed about this Martha scene criticism and he said you know you know back on a set when you're filming this thing you know because we hold we talk about you know why did you say that name uh, you know people seem to criticize the film because of that and he says you know he says there was zero conversation about that when they were filming they, they never said you know oh are people going to have an issue with this or not understand it uh, or think it's silly like that never even came up and and he said that he just had a conversation with Zach about that about a month ago and he said uh, he's never understood he says I don't listen to a lot of the the haters online but he's, he's heard a little bit of the chatter and he doesn't understand what the disconnect was. And he says, the problem is that with how salient the line is and the connection between having the same mother's name allows you to connect with someone that you wanted to obliterate from the planet because you saw him as a threat to the human race, but then you saw him as a threat to humanity. But at that one moment, you realize that he was an orphan and his mother's and you saw him as you as a kid and you saw him in that light and that enlightened you and it made you drop and see him at that moment now not as an enemy, but as, but as an ally. Oh, I mean, it's just basically he he's explaining the Martha moment the way that all of us who get it, get yeah, it. Yeah, right. I, I guess the idea that I'm getting from this interview is we all understood what the Martha moment was and I, I kind of what a lot of people said, we're kind of surprised by the people who don't get what it was about. Yeah. Which, once again, those of us who are fans of Batman v Superman and understood what the Martha moment meant, we kind of had the same reaction. It's like, but this is what was going on. Yeah. Uh, do, 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 I, just, I just realized something funny. Uh, uh, ben Affleck's Batman kind of has the same uh, character arc that Ben Affleck's the other one had because he was the 
Joker at the start of that movie and turns into, turns into a proper hero at the end as well. Ah, did think about that. Of course, I think like Daredevil's like going to be our, uh, not our next, but like our it's coming up in a second few. to next. Yeah, uh, yeah our next uh, Squadcast movies review. So, right. well, well, well ed- edit that point out so you can steal it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's all yours. <laughs> no, no, we, we give credit where credit's due. Yes, absolutely. So that was that was kind of fun to hear from uh, from him. And it's it's a good interview. I'd, I'd go check out uh, Andrew Dice's articles on Screen Rant. Okay. Well, that's really it for movies, but we got a whole, like, we got like a big old info dump of TV news, like in the last, what, two days? Yeah. Um, a lot of casting news for the CW annual crossover. Uh, first one I saw was uh, Cassandra Jean Amell. Yes, that name should sound familiar. This is the real-life wife of Stephen Amell. Has been cast as Nora Freeze for the um, the crossover. And this is coming from TV Line. The one part, however, that gives me pause about this whole casting situation is that a spokesperson for Warner Brothers TV told TV Line that Mr. Freeze will not appear in the crossover. So we're getting Nora Freeze without any appearance from Mr. Freeze. Okay. So it just makes you wonder, is this just a, a thing where they're saying, okay, we don't want you using that character, but like you, the wife is fine. So then it kind of comes down to if, if that's the case, like w- w- what's the reason then? Like, is this going to play out later? Well, it's a question about whether it can play out later. We, I mean, Mr. Freeze is still an ongoing character on Gotham. So yeah. I wonder if maybe, is it a rights issue? Oh, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. I think that has something to do with it because if you follow Gotham, there's a reason they can use Nora Freeze in maybe the CW, but with Mr. Freeze still being active over on Gotham, maybe there's a rights issue there yeah. with, because this isn't TV and then movies. This is literally two competing TV networks with, with the product. So that might be the explanation of why Mr. Freeze is not appearing, but I'm still going to be curious about how are they, how are they using the character and why are they using the character if Mr. Freeze is not a part of the story? Yeah. I mean, I may, I may not even really technically even be in a right session. It may just be for just being, hey, come on, let's don't do that to us. And like, like maybe this is why I keep a good relationship with Fox because like, I've always, I've always kind of, you ever noticed, uh, noticed the fact that like, um, Warner Bros. and Fox were like, years ago, they were kind of like really having um, a lot of uh, litigation over the rights to the Watchmen movie. Remember that there was there was a whole hold up where the the, the movie the movie had been made, uh, but but Fox said, "Oh wait, hang on a second, we had the rights to make this movie, and uh, we still have those rights in our view." And then that somehow got resolved, and it seems that ever since then, uh, Fox and uh, Warner Bros. have kind of worked together a bit more because you also had them coming in the agreement to finally release uh, Batman sixty six on yeah. uh, home video as well because they they originally couldn't because there was a because like was it Fox had the had actually had the had the episodes but Warner Bros had the had the copyright the trademark stuff yeah and right so neither one of them could independently release it right yeah so maybe 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 the, maybe the freeze thing is just that they want to keep they want to maintain a good working relationship with Fox for whatever reason well part of what came out of that a whole thing of being able to get the rights to actually release Batman sixty six was that Fox had exclusive rights to Batman on TV in terms of like if they were going to do a Batman show on TV they had the exclusive rights yeah. to it. And so that's one of the things that kind of came out of that. Yeah, and yeah, and yeah, yeah, it, it could actually just be like a clause of contract that they can only use that because this isn't like the first time the Arrowverse and Gotham have like used because uh, Gotham has also used Raz Al Ghul, but only after uh, only after Arrow after Arrow killed them off, and they, they, 
also did Firefly similarly and uh, also even went to trouble of having Dollmaker uh, on both yeah. of being, being on both shows but never at the same time yeah so who knows yeah uh, the other casting news came out and this one was interesting because I actually knew who the actress was um, Elizabeth uh, she's also known as Bitsy Tulik uh, I know her from Grimm I watched Grimm on NBC and she was uh, uh, the major love interest for the 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 lead character yeah yeah I've seen it as well and she she's been cast as Lois Lane so we have our Lois Lane we, we knew Lois Lane was going to appear in the crossover with Tyler Hecklin's Superman and now uh, we have a, a Lois Lane cast. So I can see this casting. Like I said, I watched all, well, I think it was like five or six seasons of Grimm. I, I get this casting. And so I think it's going to, I see no reason to, you know, scoff at it. Yeah, she looks the part. Uh, she's all, yeah, she's yeah, she's also like um, age appropriate as well because uh, Clark is like supposed to be a lot older than he actually looks on the show, yeah. if you think about it. Um, and like, uh, Bessie Tulloch is like 37 and like she's about the right age for um, like the established history. Um, so that's just good detail there. but uh, someone I can't remember who but someone on, on, on Twitter like noted that she kind of resembles Margot Kidder a little bit as well yeah a little bit um, I think it was I think it was Ray yeah I could see it yeah it's good uh, I'm glad to see her finally on the show as well uh, yeah it kind of makes you wonder if uh, you know do you see them at some point here maybe getting a Superman show again at some point you know I don't know if it'll necessarily be on CW but it just kind of feels like you know there's definitely enough of a demand to get uh, Superman in the lowest lane and kind of get them on the screen again and it just kind of feels like it's a shame that they're just kind of playing you know really small minor parts I mean yeah I, I was, I, I've always been I've always kind of felt that it'd be kind of cool if Supergirl could at least maybe do like one episode like where they actually go to Metropolis for some reason and like he, they, they could, they could, that could like maybe act as a backdoor pilot for something like that or just to test the walls because I'd always like to see more more actual solid reference to the Superman lore uh, and character as well okay we're just going to quickly touch on uh, we're, we're going to sort of wrap up the show tonight with some DC Universe news uh, by the way the, the app is available Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gonna be a very long bleep right there. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought we went over the rules here, Stu. <laughs> yeah. You're so you're so bitter over in the British Isles. I don't understand what's going on here. Oh man. Uh, but the that just that, that's just <laughs> yes. I'm, that made my night. We got a rumor from it was coming from FandomWire.com. It all the rumor is basically is that their sources are. Telling Telling them that now DC Universe is also looking to develop a Batgirl series for their original con, yeah. and that's really all there is to say about the rumor at this time. I think that's interesting considering the development of the Batgirl movie that we know that Christina Hudson has been sort of tapped to right. write a draft on. So, I mean, that's really all there is to say about the story because that's all you're missing, Tim. That's it. Well, well the, that's the other thing too is I mean because we have like DC TV. There was the rumor about a Batwoman, you know, series being in development. I don't, I don't remember if it was beyond rumor but Batwoman being developed for the CW so it makes you wonder like okay wait a minute do they really want to do a Batgirl and a Batwoman kind of at the same time and I don't necessarily see that so I, I kind of see them whatever it is just you know have a couple irons in the fire and see what comes forward okay now apparently there was some really cool stuff that came down about the DC Universe Swamp Thing series but I am I haven't been able to read up on this so Tim download me download my brain with Swamp Thing goodness yeah so on the Swamp Thing side I mean the, I think the only thing we'd say is like Gary Doberman who was a screen 
main writer for uh, Swamp Thing, talked a little bit about uh, what what basically we can expect, and you know, he kind of touched on the idea that you know they can do uh, they can do a hard R, you know, because this is going to be on the DC uh, streaming service. They just have, would have a lot more flexibility. Uh, he did mention that the Swamp Thing suit is actually going to be a physical costume, which is really not much of a surprise because I mean I wouldn't expect them to do anything like heavy with you know visual effects. As long as it's better than the 1982 suit, I am okay <laughs> with it. It should be better than that, I would imagine. He <laughs> um, did talk about, uh, you know, the it, this is going to be an origin story of Swamp Thing, and it's going to primarily deal with uh, Alec Holland and, and kind of wrestling with what he has become. And and, and he said a lot of this story is going to kind of be told through the point of view of Abby Arcane, which I think would be kind of cool. That'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, then he touched on whether or not this is going to share a universe with uh, Teen Titans. He says, well, I think they, there's the opportunity is there if they want to, but it's not mandated. And he says, you know, they think they could in the future if it organically kind of worked out that way. Um, he says, I haven't discussed this with the guys from Titan and, you know, they haven't discussed it with us, which I think is for the best. Like, I don't think there's any reason you have to mix those two worlds right now. Yeah, for the longest time they had Swamp Thing not really part of the DC universe either and it's still kind of sort of greatest run of the character. Not because, like, so much of it, it was, be- it was better without the DC heroes, but it was just the fact, that just, just the quality of it and they didn't really need them. Um, but, uh, cause John Constantine did, did debut in Swamp Thing. He originated in that. So that's, uh, that's, I wonder if that's something that, that might be a possibility as well. Showing up. Oh, that would be, that would, hmm, I'm trying to be, I'm, not, I'm trying not to take the easy shot here about where Constantine is right now, but if I could get him on the DC streaming app instead, that would be glorious. <laughs> it would be legendary. Oh, stop it. Um, but I did like this interesting part about how they were wondering whether Swamp Thing was going to have an environmental message. And I did appreciate Gary's comment of, well, certainly it's not Captain Planet. And I was like, thank <laughs> you. I get that reference. I understood that reference. <laughs> it's like it's like you always see that meme. Like, I understood. I understood that reference. I understood that reference. Yes. I, I'm, I, when you make a Captain Planet reference, I get that. But I like the idea that if they're going to bring anything up, it's going to be organic. And he says they're not going to try to be preachy. And I'm like, thank you. I appreciate that. That's just that's just called good writing. That's yeah, what I have really to is. say about that. Yeah, you don't need to. I mean, it, it's going to be inherently part of it. I mean, it has to be. <laughs> but you, you don't have to be out, you know, too preachy about it. I think that's the best way of putting it. Um, I did see here that Splash Report is reporting that Derek Mears is going to be playing Swamp Thing. Not Alec Holland, but Swamp Thing itself. And I threw a picture of him in here. And uh, he actually kind of looks like he would fit right into that, that the kind of look that you typically see of Swamp Thing's face. Yeah, and he has like kind of a history of like sort of playing stand-in roles for like phys- physically imposing characters. Right. Uh, like he was, uh, I, I kind of noticed he was, he was he played multiple characters on the TV show Sleepy Hollow. Did you ever watch that? I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen it. Uh, yeah, but like, yeah, he was like, he was like, one, he was like, he, he was sort of like the physical stand-in for the, one of the main, the, the, one, like one of the early seasons main villains. Uh, and yeah, he's, he, 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 he's obviously got like that stature um, to play uh, Swamp Thing and his face is... But he was on the one show you told us about? Yes, he was, uh, you, people may, may remember him uh, fondly from Community where he played uh, Kick Puncher. <laughs> oh man. The cyborg, the cyborg uh, man who of the, who's uh, punchy says has the power of kicks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. I was so glad when you when you reminded me. It's been too long yeah. since I've watched Community, so ah, memories. I miss that show. Um, well, tell us a little bit about Titans. Okay, so well, first off, IGN dropped like IGN dropped a couple of pictures that was cool because we'd heard a rumor or a report or something that Jason Todd was going to be in Titans, and so what we got in these IGN photos were uh, Dick Grayson and Jason Todd both in their Robin costumes. 
costumes. So there was this cool idea of the the past meets the present. Yeah. And then, of course, today there was a special DC Daily episode uh, for Batman Day on the DC Universe app. And they and it was also on YouTube. And they showed a clip of, you know, that awkward moment when you meet your replacement. <laughs> and there was a really funny part of like, yeah, great job. You know, you know, you know punching guys, this and that, you know, driving the Batmobile. And I love Dick Grayson's response. He lets you drive the Batmobile. <laughs> like, I like it. I, I like the relationship they're going with between Dick and Jason. And I also like the portrayal of Jason of, you're a turd. Okay, yeah. this this is the Jason Todd I know. Yeah, no, that that looks like that's gonna go some fun places. So I that was that was a fun clip to watch. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the show. It's like what two weeks from now? October twelfth. October twelfth. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll tell you all about it, Stu. <laughs> Ow! Ooh, that. And I'll tell you all about. I'll just I'll just spray Aquaman spoilers all over Twitter when I see it like four <laughs> times before you see it once. So uh. don't test me, Yoko. <laughs> He, he, oh. he does have you there, Tim. He does have you there. No, but th- but what he doesn't realize is what we know about what Aquaman's real premiere date's going to be. So in the United States, you're just you're you're reaching now, buddy. You're reaching now. Uh, I'm bluffing. I'm bluffing. <laughs> uh, I, I will say one thing about this, like Jason Todd thing. It's like I'm not. I'm kind of letting two minds about the fact his costume seems to be basically identical to Dick's costume because, on the one hand, I would, I would like part of me would like to see like a little something 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 different, but on the other hand, it also feels thematically appropriate that his replacement would be in the exact same costume so I'm kind of I'm not really I'm kind of conflict, conflicted uh, either way about it yeah I think it's great I think it's going to add to the tension that he's basically in the exact same costume yeah no I think it I think it will too and I think that will also help push along the character arc of him probably becoming Nightwing by the end of the season yep yeah I think it's going to have to which I think it's going to be real cool so um, in, a, in the whole thing you know, the whole story about you know why he kind of like split away from batman and the whole f batman thing and then you just throw like jason todd into this mix <laughs> i think there's gonna be a lot of fun moments with that oh man and then of course we got this great uh team photo from entertainment weekly of beast boy raven robin and starfire and i i dig it yeah i'm i'm really looking forward to the show it's like can october 12th get here already yeah to be honest they're kind of in their pseudo costumes i don't know if it's quite what their eventual costume is going to be yet no this is pseudo this is this they're not they're not a team yet so they don't have yeah. they're not going to have super suits yet yeah yeah i would assume this was like from like the first episode uh it's like when they first all meet me up or something yeah i would think so because uh i don't know have we got like any word yet if like if like the formula for the show will be more serialized or more episodic uh we don't know don't know because some of the episode titles imply more episodic like it'll be a doom patrol episode and there'll be a jason Tyson episode but uh well i mean i think there's there's an overarching i mean uh, the show's gonna progress like there's gonna be a storyline that's gonna kind of build over the the yeah. what is it is it 10 or 13 12 12 okay i was it's close 12 episodes yeah. but but as, but will it be like sort of cw style will there be will it could be like a, a villain of the week or a situation of the week they have to like deal with while also following the, the base line? or or might be more like the netflix marvel shows where it's kind of one it's kind of like a more yeah. one big thing that's sort of split up into chunks uh, we just don't know you know uh, we don't know i'm speculating more than netflix model but that is speculation we have heard no reports one way or the other yeah yeah so all right well we'll know we'll know soon enough because it's also it's also going to be weekly release so that would that would maybe imply more of an episodic yep and uh so we're gonna um 
so we're not going to have a dedicated DC Universe show in this network, but we're going to have a couple of our shows that are actually going to cover it. You bail no? No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save it for the end so you can just shut it off, Stu. We'll save it for the end, yeah. But yeah, so Scott yeah. and I are going to cover it every week briefly. Like we're going to touch on the episode maybe five, ten minutes max. At the end. At the end. At the yep. end. Yep. But we'll always be probably a week delayed because since we normally record on Friday nights and the show will drop on Friday, it will be very difficult for the two of us to have actually have seen the episode before our usual Friday night recording. So yeah. Well, it all depends on how good it is. If it's like really good, we may end up like watching it and then recording. <laughs> you never know. Okay. I'm glad you said that because I was, that thought had crossed my mind. Yep. So, so we'll see. Okay. We'll kind of play it by ear. But uh, yeah, DCTV Squadcast is also going to be covering the show. So, all right. Well, I think that's probably it for this week, Scott and Stu. What do you guys think? Anything else? Yeah. No. That was all it for me. Yeah. Happy Batman Day. Happy Batman Day. Um, well, I mean, it's technically not Batman Day anymore over here. Not, not for you. Anymore for you. Yes. Uh, but yeah. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Well, thanks, <laughs> thanks again, Stu. It was great having you on here. And uh, thank all you yes. guys for, you know, kind of putting up with our nonsense and listening to us. You know, we appreciate that. Uh, thank, thank, yeah, thank you for having me on. And uh, also, uh, bit, of, bit of irony here. Uh, thank you for getting me on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after this week, that's a little weird to say, but yeah, uh, I mean, I was following you guys like uh, from about the time BVS came out. Okay. Um, and uh, you may remember that I kind of uh, I talked, I I, I talked, I, I was very active in comments on uh, Facebook <laughs> for you guys. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. And then when you stop, when you stop being is quite as diligent and posting things to Facebook, I was like, I need to let them know what I think. Uh, so that's what actually pushed me to sign up on Twitter, and I found uh, a lot more. You found us. <laughs> yes. Well, yes, you and all of yeah. I've Found you, you can't run. <laughs> but I found a lot of like many people and lots of people we follow and uh yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Least. Yeah. We're just we're not that active on when it comes to Facebook. So yeah. yeah, you you did the right thing. You moved over to where you could find us. You did the very, you did the best you did the best thing. Yeah. Uh speaking of which, if you want to reach out to us, like Stu did eventually, uh you can find us mainly on Twitter. Uh you can reach out to the show at Suicide Squadcast. You can reach me individually at Scott DC Twitter. Yep, and then on Twitter you can reach me at Alan Fire, and then you can also email the show at suicidesquadcast at gmail.com and Stu, how could people find you? Um, Twitter uh, under the uh, handle SLFricky. Okay, and uh, so, you know, we love interacting with you guys, so as we always say, you know, please don't hesitate, reach out to us, let us know your thoughts, you know, give us an email here and there. Uh, best thing to do is, if you can, reach out to us on Twitter, and it's easier for us to kind of get back to you. And then, of course, we've also got Vero, Facebook, suicidesquadcast.com, and as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, we do have a Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash squadcastmedia. Thank you so much for all of you who, who already support us, like Stu here. And if you think that it might be possible for you to support us in the future, once again, we have a lot of content. $5 a month gets you access to exclusive uh, patron-only content. And as Tim said, next week, you can look forward to our review of Road to Perdition uh, because it is a comic book movie. It is, and it's an excellent one. So you're going to want you're not going to want to miss that one. All right. Well, I think that's it, guys. Uh, again, thanks again, Stu. And, you know, let's see what's in store for us next week. Yeah. <laughs> right. And as we always like to remind everyone, go out and keep reading DC. Yep. All right. See you guys. Just not just not on the DC universe. <laughs> <laughs> He's so no. bitter. He's so bitter. Bitter. Bye. <laughs> see you guys. Bye. <laughs> Thank you.
Oh, Scott, it, I am so glad that we live in the United States and we get to like see all this DC Universe content. Ugh. I know. I'm so I'm so proud to be an American. America. America. That I, <laughs> you know, I get my I get I'm gonna get my Titans in a couple of weeks. I got all these movies that are available, all these animated series that I can stream. All the my... comics. I know. Isn't yeah. that great? And the TV shows. All uh, these TV shows I can watch whenever I want. Whenever we want. Uh, you got the TV shows. You got the movies. You got the comics. It's just it's awesome. And all for such a low price. It's it's, it's it's great. It's, what do you think, Stu? I think that you guys had better have uh, had your fill of it while you still had, because if I can't have it, no one can. Goodbye. You're asking me to do this. I thought you broke down all the TV stuff. You broke it down. I cut and pasted the quotes. That was oh, okay. it. I didn't have time to look at this stuff. Okay. So. I didn't. Because you assured me, if I remember right. I assured you that I, I knew the stuff that I broke down. <laughs> I did break this down. <laughs> oh, Stu. If you only knew. He does know. He's experiencing it right now.